It's the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. And here's your host, that moderate-talking middle-aged man himself, Roger Stroop. Hello, and welcome to episode 42 of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. I'm Roger Stroop. This week, we're looking at the charts of November 9th, 1980. America had just elected Ronald Reagan in a landslide over Jimmy Carter. As someone who isn't American, I think I represent a lot of people around the world when I say American elections are fun to watch, but I'm glad I'm not involved in them directly. So let's look at some of the pop culture of the time. At the movies, the marquee release of the month was Raging Bull, Martin Scorsese's film about the life of boxer Jake LaMotta, for which Robert De Niro won the Oscar for Best Actor. The polar opposite was Heaven's Gate, an epic story of a war between cattle barons and immigrant settlers that was the second flop of the year named after a roller rink. There was also the horror film The Boogeyman, about a murderous mirror, and The Idolmaker, the story of a talent manager who shapes teenage singing stars in the 50s. And there were two of the decade's weirder films, The Visitor about, which is about an alien Jesus, a satanic basketball team owner, and a telekinetic child, and The Apple, which imagines Adam and Eve as pop stars in 1994, and The Serpent as a record, record executive. In the world of TV, there were quite a few notable events. On the 15th, the sixth season of NBC's Saturday Night Live premiered. All of the original cast members and creator Lord Michaels were gone and the new cast struggled in their shadows, with the exception of a kid named Eddie Murphy. On the 18th, ABC aired the last episode of Three's Company with future Thighmaster pitchwoman Suzanne Summers as a full cast member. On the 19th, CBS banned a commercial for Calvin Klein Blue Jeans because it featured 15-year-old Brooke Shields declaring that nothing becomes be comes between her and her Calvins. And speaking of CBS, they had the month's biggest event on the 22nd when they broadcast the episode of Dallas that revealed the answer to the question that had captivated viewers for months. Who shot JR? Spoiler alert, it was Sue Ellen's sister, Kristen. On the bestseller list, top fiction titles included The Covenant, James Michener's take on 15,000 years of South African history, Ken Follett's World War II spy story, The Key to Rebecca, and Firestarter, a Stephen King novel about a young girl who can burn things with her mind. In nonfiction, readers were picking up Cosmos, astronomer Carl Sagan's companion book to his PBS series about the stars and the planets and such. Also, Music for Chameleons, Truman Capote's first book since 1966's In Cold Blood, and autobiographies of actresses Ingrid Bergman and Shelley Winters, talk show host Merv Griffin, and baseball player and manager Billy Martin. And in music, the biggest story happened on the 21st, when Don Henley was found in a hotel room with marijuana, quaaludes, cocaine, and a 16-year-old prostitute suffering drug-related seizures. He was charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor and was fined two $2,500 and given two years probation. Was it a case of him struggling to cope with the Eagles' impending breakup? Or was it just life in the fast lane surely making him lose his mind? 
Anyway, this incident was apparently the inspiration for him to write the song Dirty Laundry. And now, on to the charts. As always, we begin below the top 40s. This time, we look at a band that represented an American reaction to Britain's punk movement, a blend of political lyrics and even more aggressive music that became known as hardcore. At number 49 in the UK this week, it's the Dead Kennedys with Kill the Poor. Formed in San Francisco in 1978, Dead Kennedys were led by singer Eric Jellobiafra Boucher and Raymond and guitarist Raymond East Bay Ray Pepperell. The group's controversial name got them attention, and they released two singles before putting out their 1980 debut album, Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. Kill the Poor was their third overall single. Kill the Poor is fast, snarling punk with lyrics that satirically suggest that the solution to poverty is nuking underprivileged people. Here are some of these deadly lyrics. Efficiency is progress, is ours once more, now that we have the neutron bomb. It's nice and quick and clean and gets things done. Away with excess enemy, but no less value to property. No sense in war, but perfect sense at home. The sun beams down on a brand new day. No more welfare tax to pay. Unsightly slums go up, gone up in flashing light. Jobless millions whisked away. At least we have more room to play. All systems go to kill the poor tonight. Gonna kill, 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 kill the poor. Kill, 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 kill the poor. Kill, 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 kill the poor tonight. Behold the sparkle of champagne. The crime rate's gone. Feel free again. Oh, life's a breeze with you, Miss Lily White. Jane Fonda on the screen today. Convince the, liberal, the liberals it's okay. So let's get dressed and dance away the night. And Jello Biafra has a very distinctive voice. It's like an apoplectic goose. But somehow apoplectic goose is an effective delivery system for righteous anger. Who knew? Kill the Poor peaked at number 49. The band's next single, which I will warn you contains an offensive word in its title, so skip ahead 10 seconds from the end of this sentence to avoid it if you wish. Too Drunk to Fuck made the UK Top 40, reaching number 36. The group made three more albums and an EP, and faced obscenity charges in California for a poster that was included in their 1985 album, Frankenchrist. The band broke up in 1986, after which Biafra formed a band called Lard with members of Ministry. In 1998, after a dispute over royalties was settled between Biafra and the rest of the band, East Bay Ray and fellow members Klaus Florade and D.H. Pellegro reformed the Dead Kennedys and began touring with other singers. Meanwhile, Jello Biafra currently fronts the band the Guantanamo School of Medicine. Now we go to the top 40s. Beginning in Britain with number 38, The Night, the Wine, and the Roses by Liquid Gold. Formed in Brackley in 1977, Liquid Gold were formed by Ray Knott and Ellie Hope two ex-members of a band called Babe Ruth. 
They had just missed the top 40 once, in, once each in the late 70s on both sides of the Atlantic, with 1978's Any Way You Do It getting to number 41 in the UK, and the next year's My Baby's Baby hitting number 45 in the US. But in 1980, they broke through at home, picking up two top 10s. The Night the Wine and the Roses was their third single of the year. The Night the Wine and the Roses is boilerplate disco, with the strings and the scratch guitar and the bunched female vocals. Get a whiff of these lyrics. Ooh yeah, ooh baby, baby keep dancing. Oh what a night this may be, the kind of night when baby it feels so right, right to keep dancing. Without a doubt, we're chasing. The action, now we're waiting for the midnight hour. Gotta keep dancing here and now. The night, the wine, and the roses, and love in the air. We're chancing, romancing. The night, the wine, and the roses, and baby, I swear I want you. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a song that has all the elements of good disco, but no passion or thought behind them. It's as authentic and funky as the dance Trump does to YMCA. The Night, the Wine, and the Roses peaked at number 32. The group had a few more sub-top 40 singles before splitting up in 1984. Now we drop in on America for their number 38 song, Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime by the Corgis. Formed in Bristol in 1978, the Corgis had their first hit at home the next year when If I Had You got to number 13 in the UK. Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime was the first single from their second LP, Dumb Waiters. Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime is a synthesizer-driven ballad that also features the use of a, of a distinctive-sounding Chinese zither called a guzheng. The lyrics aren't hard to learn because there aren't many of them. Change your heart. Look around you. Change your heart. It will astound you. I need your loving like the sunshine. Everybody's got to learn sometime. Everybody's got to learn sometime. Everybody's got to learn sometime. It's very simplistic, but at the same time beautiful. This is truly one of the best singles of the 80s without question. Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime got to number 18. It went to number 5 in the UK. The group had one more lower-charting UK single and have been on and off several times since. The current version of the Corgis are reportedly recording a new album to be released next year. Now we're in Canada for number 35. The Kid is Hot Tonight by Loverboy. Formed in Calgary in 1979, Loverboy's first live gig was opening for Kiss in Vancouver later that year, and they got a record deal early in 1980. The Kid is Hot Tonight was the second single from their debut album. The Kid is Hot Tonight is chugging hard rock that could be seen as questioning the staying power of synthesizer-driven acts that, of the synthesizer-driven acts that were becoming popular at the time careful not to get burned by these lyrics. We just heard of a brand new wave, and we hope it's here to stay. We'll have to wait and see if it's half of what they say. We heard he opened up a brand new door. Well, you know, that's what I'm looking for. We'll have to wait and see if it makes you shout for more. How do you like him so far? How do you like his show? 
How do you like the way he rocks and the way he rolls? How do you like his image? How do you like his style? How do you like the way he looks and the way he smiles? The kid is hot tonight. Whoa, so hot tonight. But where will he be tomorrow? And we just heard of a brand new fad, and they say it's going to drive you mad. We'll have to wait and see if it's the best you ever had. And we just heard of a brand new wave. We heard it's heading for an early grave. We'll have to wait and see if there's anything we can save. It could be seen as an overly insecure defense of the sort of cars, girls, and partying rock that Loverboy pervade. But their performance is spirited enough to be a justification of, of, of its existence in and of itself. And it's important to note that Loverboy were no strangers to synths themselves. The Kid is Hot Tonight would peak at number 20. In the U.S., it reached number 55. The group would go on to be very successful in the first half of the 80s, scoring several hits and four multi-platinum albums in North America. They broke up before the 80s were over, but they reunited a few years later and have continued on ever since with all the original members, except for bassist Scott Smith, who died in a 2000 boating accident. Their latest album, Unfinished Business, came out in 2014. for their number 21 song, Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Formed in London in 1975, Motorhead started when bassist Ian Lemmy Kilmister was fired from the prog rock band Hawkwind. Eventually teaming with guitarist Fast Eddie Clark and drummer Phil Filthy Animal Taylor, the group scored two top 40 hits in 1979, then had a top 10 with the Golden Years EP the next year. Their next singles chart entry was this, the first release and title track from their fourth LP. Ace of Spades is lightning fast, bone crunching metal, with lyrics that seem to use gambling as a metaphor for a philosophy that the kids used to call YOLO about 10 years ago. I'm only going to read these lyrics once. If you like to gamble, I tell you, I'm your man. You win some, lose some. It's all the same to me. The pleasure is to play. Makes no difference what you say. I don't share your greed. The only card I need is the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades. Playing for the high one. Dancing with the devil. Going with the flow. It's all a game to me. Seven or eleven. Snake eyes watching you. Double up or quit. Double stake or split. The Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades. You know, I'm born to lose, and gambling's for fools. But that's the way I like it, baby. I don't want to live forever. And don't forget the Joker. And if you've never heard Lemmy's voice, it's the sound of someone gargling gravel while their voice box is in a meat grinder. Or the closest thing you'll ever hear to, to that. Ace of Spades peaked at number 15. The group had three more hits, including two top tens and continued to tour and record, burnishing their reputation as one of metal's most exciting and influential bands. Clark and Taylor were gone by the mid-90s, but Lemmy carried on with other musicians until his death from heart failure in December of 2015. Shortly afterward, downloads of Ace of Spades put it back on the UK charts, 
at a new peak of number 13. Phil Taylor had died a month earlier, and Eddie Clark died two years later. Born America again for number 26, She's So Cold by the Rolling Stones. Formed in London in 1962, the Rolling Stones were led by singer Mick Jagger and guitarist Keith Richards, who were friends from school in Kent. They picked up guitarist Brian Jones, bassist Bill Wyman, and drummer Charlie Watts. And within three years, the Stones were second only to the Beatles in popularity and worldwide impact. They continued to sell records for the next 15 years, racking up hits while playing the rougher, grittier Yang to the Beatles' earnest, idealistic yin, getting as much attention for their music as their drug arrests, their sex lives, the 1969 death of Brian Jones, and the murder of an audience member by a Hells Angel security guard at their free show at California's Altamont Speedway later that year. By 1980, Jones's replacement Mick Taylor had come and gone, and his role was now filled by former Faces guitarist Ron Wood. She's So Cold was the second single from their 18th studio LP, Emotional Rescue. She's So Cold is a rock song that can best be described as stonesy. The rumbling rhythm guitar, Keith's bluesy leads, and Mick singing with a pout about a woman he can't have. Cool off to these lyrics. I'm so hot for her. I'm so hot for her. I'm so hot for her. And she's so cold. I'm so hot for her. I'm on fire for her. I'm so hot for her. And she's so cold. I'm the burning bush. I'm the burning fire. I'm a bleeding volcano. I'm so hot for her. I'm so hot for her. So hot for her. And she's so cold. It's stones by numbers in a way. But if you believe that the greatest artists can impose their genius even on the most formulaic canvases, then let this be Exhibit A. She's So Cold peaked at number 26. It got to number 11 in Canada and number 33 in the UK. The group had continued to record and tour to sell out crowds around the world, even if the hits have dried up in the last couple decades or so. In 2020, they've released a new song called Living in a Ghost Town, and they are working on more new material as they close in on their 60th anniversary. We'll have more right after this. Hi, this is your host, Roger Stroop, letting you know that if you like my point of view on old pop music, you can actually find lots more of it on the Old Man Yells at Music blog. I've been looking back at top 40 charts from the 70s, 80s, and 90s and beyond for almost 10 years now. And I've done hundreds of entries and covered thousands of songs from the American, Canadian, and British charts. From the A's to ZZ Top. From Abacab to Zoom. You'll also find my Uneasy Rider tournaments, celebrating the odd ducks of the American Top 40. The 70s tourney is complete, but the 80s one is just getting started. And you can follow along on the blog as it progresses. And of course, you can find links to the latest episode of this podcast and the accompanying YouTube playlists there. So take a look at the Old Man Yells at Music blog, which you can find at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Why is it there? You'll have to go there to find out. That's the Old Man Yells at Music blog, 
at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. We're back, and we're staying in the USA to start the top 20s with number 15, Dreamer by Supertramp. Formed in London in 1969, Supertramp began as Daddy, a band that a Dutch millionaire named Sam Miesegaes paid keyboardist Rick, keyboardist Rick Davies to assemble. They had changed their name before their 1970 debut album came out, and Miesegaes withdrew his financial support in 1972. But they carried on, and in 1974, they broke through with their third LP, Crime of the Century, which produced their first UK hit, Dreamer. Their next two albums sold well, and they scored their first American hit in 1977, when Give a Little Bit got to number 15. But 1979's Breakfast in America brought them to another level, topping the U.S. album charts and giving them two top tens, The Logical Song and Take the Long Way Home. Dreamer is a live version of their first British hit and the first single from their concert LP, Paris. This version of Dreamer was recorded at the Pavillon de Paris, a venue that apparently used to be a slaughterhouse, on November 29, 1979. The song is progressive rock, powered by Davies' keyboards and Roger Hodgson's distinctive voice. Try to stay awake through these lyrics. Dreamer. You're nothing but a dreamer. Well, you, well, can you put your hands in your head? Oh, no. I said dreamer. You say you are a dreamer. Well, can you put your hands in your head? Oh, no. I said far out. What a day, a year, a life it is. You know... Well, you know you had it coming to you. Well, now there's not a lot I can do. Dreamer, you stupid little dreamer. So now you put your head in your hands. Oh, no. I said far out. What a day, a year, a life it is. You know. Well, you know you had it coming to you. Now there's not a lot I can do. We'll work it out someday. If I could see something, you can see anything you want, boy. I could be someone. You can be anyone. Celebrate, boy. If I could do something, well, you can. Do, well, you can do something. If I could do anything, well, can you do something out of this world? Take a dream on a Sunday. Take a life. Take a holiday. Take a lie. Take a dreamer. Dream, 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 dream along. It's decent, safe, corp corporate-friendly rock with just enough fancy musicianship for the prog crowd. It's kind of the difference splitter between their more adventurous stuff and their more straight pop material. Dreamer peaked at number 14. In Canada, it became their second number one after the Logical Song. They picked up two more hits before Hodgson left for a solo career in 1983. Then they had one more without him in 1985. They haven't released any new material since 2002, but they continue to tour up until 2015. Now we're in Canada again for their number 20, Drugs in My Pocket by the Monks. Formed in England in 1979, the Monks were the Monks were formed by three ex-members of The Straubs, a prog folk rock band that had three UK hits in the early 70s. 
They picked up a top 20 at home with the punk-styled nice legs shame about the face, but they faced a backlash as fans and the press saw them as posers. Drugs in My Pocket was another single from their debut album, Bad Habits. Drugs in My Pocket is a new wave track with bratty vocals about narcotics possession. Listen to these lyrics with a clear head. I got drugs in my pocket. I don't know what to do with them. I've got drugs in my pocket. Am I really through with them? I mean, I ask myself, do I really need to be permanently high, staying awake for hours, and watch my life go by? Because I've got drugs in my pocket, and I don't know what to do with them. I've got, yeah, I've got drugs in my pocket. I'm wearing out these shoes with them. I've got drugs in my pocket. I'll never need a cure for them. I say it's really crazy. They say it makes us sick. To me, it's all the same. Because I'm just plain and thick. I've got drugs in my pocket, and I don't know what to do with them. Then there's a part in the middle where they simulate an interaction with a dealer who's got a fake Jamaican accent. Overall, this song is like a parody of punk from a British sketch show. But it's not, it's not clear to me if these guys are in on the joke or are actually trying to sell this as genuine. Drugs in My Pocket peaked at number 18. The Monks didn't have another hit, but they were popular enough up here that their second album, Suspended Animation, was released exclusively in Canada. The band broke up in 1982, and the three ex-Straubs have returned to that band off and on since. Now we're back in Britain for number 17, Army Dreamers by Kate Bush. Born in Bexley Heath in 1958, Kate Bush was discovered at the age of 16 when her demo was heard by Pink Floyd guitarist David Gilmour. In 1978, she released her debut single, the florid, literary-inspired Wuthering Heights, and it hit number one, making her the first woman to top the UK chart with a song she wrote solely by herself. She had scored four more hits, including two more top tens, by the time she put out this, the third single from her third album, Never Forever. Army Dreamers is a waltz, highlighted by a mandolin played by Bush's brother, Patty. The lyrics are from the point of view of a mother greeting the body of her son who died while serving in the military. Here are some of the lyrics. Our little army boy is coming on from is coming home from BFPO. I have a bunch of purple flowers to decorate to Mammy's hero. Morning in the aerodrome, the weather warmer, he is colder. Four men in uniform to carry home my little soldier. Should have been a rock star, but he didn't have the money for a guitar. What could he do? Should have been a politician, but he never had a proper education. What could he do? Should have been a father. But he never even made it to his 20s. What a waste. Army dreamers. What a, ooh, what a waste of army dreamers. Tears or a tin box. Oh, Jesus Christ, he wasn't to know. Like a chicken with a fox. He couldn't win the war with ego. Give the kid the pick of pips and give him all your stripes and ribbons. Now he's sitting in his hole. He might as well have buttons and bows. Between the atypical style and Bush's floaty voice, 
It's a prime example of how she pushed and expanded the boundaries of pop and rock. Her sound wasn't punk, but in subject matter and attitude, I definitely see her as a kindred spirit. Army Dreamers was down from its peak of number 16. She would have 19 more top 40 hits in the UK over the next 32 years. She even managed an American hit when her 1985 single, Running Up That Hill, got to number 30 there. Bush only toured once in 1979, but she did perform a sold-out series of 22 shows called Before the Dawn at London's Hammersmith Apollo in 2014. Into the top tens now, starting with the UK number nine, Anola Gay by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Formed in suburban Liverpool in 1978, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark were founded by two school friends, singer-bassist Andy McCluskey and keyboardist Paul Humphreys. They got their first breaks, opening for Joy Division and Gary Newman, and earlier in 1980, they picked up their first hit when Messages hit number 13. Anola Gay was the first single from their second LP, Organization. Anola Gay, as you history buffs surely know, was the name of the American warplane that dropped an atomic bomb called Little Boy on, Hirosh on Hiroshima, Japan on August 6, 1945. Anola Gay, the song, is synth-driven new wave that describes and critiques this historic events. Look up as I drop these lyrics on you. Anola Gay, you should have stayed at home yesterday. These games you play, no, we got your message on the radio. Conditions normal, and you're coming home. These games you play, they're going to end in more than tears someday. Uh-huh, Anola Gay, it shouldn't ever have to end this way. It's 8.15. That's the time that it's always been. We got your message on the radio. Conditions normal, and you're coming home. Anola Gay, is mother proud of little boy today? Uh-huh, this kiss you give, it's never ever gonna fade away. The references vary in degrees of subtlety, and McCluskey's deadpan delivery contrasts with the sprightly backing track, appropriate for a, mom for a moment that served a benevolent purpose, but cast a destructive shadow over the world that can never be lifted. Anola Gay was down from a peak of number eight. OMD, as they would come to be known, would have a dozen more UK hits, as well as four in America, including the 1986 top five, If You Leave, from the soundtrack of the movie Pretty in Pink. Humphreys left the band in 1989, and McCluskey disbanded the group altogether in 1996, but the classic lineup reunited in 2006 to tour, and they released the album The Punishment of Luxury in 2017. Now we go back to America for number four, Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. Formed in London in 1970, Queen came together when guitarist Brian May and drummer Roger Taylor, both of whom had been in a group called Smile, teamed up with one of their old band's fans, a singer named Freddie Bulsara. 
After they added Lester-born bassist John Deacon and Bulsara changed his last name to Mercury, they signed a record deal and started picking up hits on both sides of the Atlantic in 1974. But it was their fourth LP, 1975's A Night at the Opera, that made them superstars, largely on the strength of the epic single Bohemian Rhapsody, which hit number one in Britain and, and Canada and got to number nine in the U.S. Since then, they've had, they'd have, they'd had five more American hits, including a number one earlier in 1980 with Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Another one bites the dust was the third American single from their seventh studio album, The Game. Another one bites the dust was written by Deacon, who patterned the bass line after the song Good Times by disco group Chic. It's dance rock about surviving in a violent environment. Chomp on these lyrics. Steve walks warily down the street with the brim pulled way down low. Ain't no sound but the sound of his feet. Machine guns ready to go. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Out of the doorway, the bullets rip to the sound of the beat. Yeah, another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Hey, I'm going to get you too. Another one bites the dust. How do you think I'm going to get along without you when you're gone? You took me for everything that I had and kicked me out on my own. Are you happy? Are you satisfied? How long can you stand the heat? Out of the doorway, the bullets rip to the sound of the beat. The instrumentation on the backing track creates an atmosphere of foreboding and danger that complements the lyrics perfectly. It's the closest a white rock band has ever come to capturing the feel of the funk hits from black exploitation films like Shaft and Superfly. Another One Bites the Dust was down from its peak of number one. It was their last U.S. chart topper. It was also a number one in Canada, but only made it to number seven in, in the U.K. Queen only managed three more U.S. hits in the 80s, but they remained bestsellers around the world until Mercury's death from AIDS in 1991. The next year, after its memorable use in Wayne's World, Bohemian Rhapsody returned to the U.S. charts and got all the way to number two. In the 2000s, May and Taylor have led a touring lineup of the band that was first fronted by former Bad Company singer Paul Rogers and later by American Idol runner-up Adam Lambert. Now we hit Canada one more time for number five, Boulevard by Jackson Brown. Born in Heidelberg, Germany in 1948, Jackson Brown was the son of an American service, serviceman who worked for the military newspaper Stars and Stripes. The family moved to LA when he was three and Brown moved to New York as an adult to become a songwriter and session musician. He got a record deal of his own in er the early 70s and his debut single, Dr. My Eyes, was a North American top 10. He had a few more hits and a string of successful albums throughout the remainder of the decade. Boulevard was the first single from Brown's sixth LP, Hold Out. Boulevard is straightforward rock that was inspired by Brown's observations of runaway teenagers in Los Angeles. Here's the word on the street. 
Down on the boulevard, they take it hard. They look at life with such disregard. They say it can't be won the way the game is run. But if you choose to stay, you end up playing anyway. It's okay. The kid's in shock up and down the block. The folks at home are playing beat the clock. Down at the Golden Cup, they set the young ones up. Under the, na under the neon light, selling day for night. It's all right. Nobody rides for free. Nobody gets it like they want it to be. Nobody hands you any guarantee. Nobody. The hearts are hard and the times are tough. Down on the boulevard, the night's enough. And time passes slow. Between the storefront shadows and the street lights glow. Everybody walks right by like they're safe or something. They don't know. Nobody knows you. Nobody owes you nothing. Nobody shows you what they're thinking. Nobody, baby. It's the kind of well-observed professional singer-songwriter rock that thrived for much of the 70s and into the first couple years of the 80s. And Brown rode that wave pretty much from beginning to end. Boulevard peaked at number four. In the U.S., it got to number 19. Brown had a few more hits and has continued to record, tour, and lend his voice to political causes ever since. He is set to release his 15th album next year and then tour with fellow 70s star James Taylor. We'll recap the top 10s and one of the number ones right after this. Hello, Roger Stroop again. We all know that COVID-19 is hitting small businesses particularly hard, and I have first-hand knowledge of this, as my wife is a home-based music teacher. Right now, she isn't doing lessons at home, but she has been able to teach some of her students over the internet, which got me thinking. You don't have to live in the St. Catharines, Niagara area to learn piano, voice, and or musical theory from Linda's lessons. I've told you before about her years of experience and many satisfied customers. I've also told you you can look up Linda's lessons on Facebook and see videos of her singing. You'll know for sure she knows what she's doing. So if you want to learn music and you think you'd be more comfortable learning over the internet, take a look at the Linda's Lessons page on Facebook. At the very least, you'll hear an amazing singer, my wife, Linda Quick. Thank you very much. We're back to recap the top tens. First up, Canada. Number 10, Woman in Love by Barbara Streisand. She teamed up with Barry Gibb for her biggest hit of the 80s. Number 9, Xanadu by Olivia Newton-John and Electric Light Orchestra. The theme to the year's other flop movie, named after a roller rink. Number 8, You'll Accompany Me by Bob Seger. The, the Detroit Rockers' seventh top ten up here. Number 7, Magic by Olivia Newton-John, another Xanadu hit. Number 6, Upside Down by Diana Ross. Her seventh solo top ten here. Number five, Boulevard by Jackson Brown. Number four, Don't Ask Me Why by Billy Joel. The Piano Man adds some Latin flavor. Number three, Sailing by Christopher Cross. The yachtiest yacht rock hit ever was a cross-border number one. Number two, All Out of Love by Air Supply. The Aussie duo's second North American top five. And the number one in song in Canada this week was Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. 
now the American top 10. Number 10, Upside Down by Diana Ross. Number 9, Real Love by the Doobie Brothers. Their second and final top five of the Michael McDonald era. Number 8, Master Blaster, Jammin' by Stevie Wonder. His tribute to to Bob Marley. Number 7, Never Knew Love Like This Before by Stephanie Mills. The biggest pop hit for the Brooklyn soul singer who is the original Dorothy in The Wiz on Broadway. Number six, I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. The second hit from her 1980 album, Diana. Number five, The Wanderer by Donna Summer. The disco queens move into a more rock direction. Number four, Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. Number three, He's So Shy by the Pointer Sisters. The second top five for Ruth, June, and Anita of Oakland, California. Number two, Lady by Kenny Rogers. His first pop number one, written by Lionel Richie. And the number one song in the USA this week was Woman in Love by Barbara Streisand. And now, the British top ten. Number ten, D-I-S-C-O by Ottawan. The biggest international hit by a French group. Number nine, Anola Gay by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Number eight, Fashion by David Bowie, his 15th UK Top 10. Number seven, If You're Looking for a Way Out by Odyssey, the third Top 10 here for a New York disco act. Number six, When You Ask About Love by Matchbox, the biggest hit for a retro rocky rockabilly band from Middlesex. Number five, The Tide is High by Blondie the last of the New York band's three Triple Crown winners. Number four, Dog Eat Dog by Adam and the Ants, the breakthrough hit by the Dandy Highwaymen. Number three, Special Brew by Bad Manners, the first top five by a London ska band whose singer called himself Buster Blood Vessel. Number two, What You're Proposing by Status Quo, the British institution's 11th top 10. And the, and the UK's number one this week, and our spotlight number one, was Woman in Love by Barbara Streisand. I talked about Barbara Streisand way back in episode one, when I covered her, her duet with Donna Summer, No More Tears. At this point, she was in the midst of her most successful period on the pop charts, a four-year span during which... She had three number ones and her first three UK top fives. For her first album of the 80s, she called upon someone who was even hotter than than her in the late 70s, Barry Gibb. Gibb wrote or co-wrote every song on the LP Guilty, including, of course, the first single. Woman in Love is a lush ballad about desperate romantic longing given all the instrumental bells and whistles by longtime Bee Gees producers Carl Richardson and Albi Galutin. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. See if you're attracted to these lyrics. Life is a moment in space. When the dream is gone, it's a lonelier place. I kiss the morning goodbye. But down inside, you know, we never know why. The road is narrow and long. When eyes meet eyes and the feeling is strong, I turn away from the wall. 
I stumble and fall, but I give you it all. I am a woman in love, and I do anything to get you into my world and hold you within. It's a right I defend over and over again. What do I do? Barbara Streisand is a polarizing person, to say the least. But there's no question about her ability to grab onto a big song like this, wrestle it to the ground, and make it hers. Woman in Love, when it's on its third and final week at number one here. It was number one in the U.S. this week as well, as you heard. And eventually, it did get to number one in Canada, completing the Triple Crown. She never topped any of our charts again, but she had eight more U.K. top 40s in the 80s and 90s. And in 2005, she reunited with Gibb for a sort of sequel album called Guilty Pleasures. So how to sum up the pop music of November 1980? Rock in all its forms has returned to the forefront. From hard stuff to more reflective takes on it, it was looking to the past with an emergence emerging retro boom, and also envisioning a future that incorporated punk and new wave and metal. Disco was on the way out, but it wasn't gone, especially in the UK. But as, all, but as is almost always the case in pop music, a big belter can conquer all. Now it's time for Old Man Yells at You. I talked about the sixth season of Saturday Night Live, so I'll suggest the book I'm reading right now, Live from New York by James Andrew Miller and Tom Shales, a very comprehensive oral history of the show. Then maybe you could look up the 2005 Dead Kennedys documentary, Fresh Fruit for Rotting Eyeballs. And finally, I'm guessing quite a few of you have seen, seen it already, but even if you have, watch Bohemian Rhapsody again. No, it's not completely factual, but Rami Malek deserved his Oscar. He nailed Freddy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. As always, if you like what you've heard, share, subscribe, and leave a review where you found it. You can also leave feedback on the Facebook and Twitter feeds, both of which are at Mr. B. Glovehead, or on the blog post for the episode, which is at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Or you can check out the Instagram account, at Old Man Yells at Music. As always, there's a companion YouTube playlist for this episode, which I link to in the show notes. All lyrics quoted are for the purposes of discussion and review. No infringement is intended. Next time on the show, it's a bit of a sequel to this episode. As I turn on, tune in, and rock out to the November 15th, 1980 episode of Solid Gold. And you know that what that means. The Solid Gold Dancers. Until then, I'm Roger Stroop, saying I got drugs for when I'm dancing and drugs for down the club, drugs to watch a movie, and drugs when I make love. Stay safe.